The Pete Carroll era in Seattle, at least as a coach, is officially over. Still a lot of shockwaves going around the league with today's bombshell that Pete Carroll will no longer be the coach. We're going to be breaking down Carroll's comments from his exit press conference and whether or not this is the right decision for the Seahawks on a jam-packed Wednesday edition of Locked on Seahawks. You are Locked on Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings 12, this is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks Podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad to be joined here for our Wednesday episode by my host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to each and every one of the 12s out there, whether you're listening in nearby Vancouver, Washington, or across the country in Annapolis, Maryland. Thank you to each and every one of you for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. Sometimes in the case of today, twice a day. And that's what we've got here on the Locked on Seahawks podcast with massive news. Pete Carroll out as the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. We are going to be diving into why that decision was made and look at a few of the takeaways from Pete Carroll's press conference today at the VMAC. This episode is brought your way by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use the code locked on to get $20 off your first order. That's J A S E medical.com. Now for your lead story here on Locked On Seahawks. It was the biggest story of the day, and then Nick Saban decided to retire at Alabama. But Pete Carroll officially out as the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks after 14 seasons. I did a bonus episode earlier in the day with an instant reaction, but now we've had a chance to hear from Pete Carroll, who had to fight back tears several times today, speaking with reporters as he officially exits his seat as coach and takes on an advisory role. Take a listen here from Snippet early in his statement with the press. It's been an honor and a thrill to be part of this program, and uh, I've loved every minute of it, and uh, you've watched me love it (laughs) in particular. Um, And it's it's exciting that that there's such a future uh, uh, here, and and you can see it. We know what's happening, and and, uh, it's bright, and the club's got great places to go and there's great chances it don't ever happen automatically there's a lot of work to be done and all of that but the future is bright and uh, following our season ending meetings uh, with ownership um, in the planning sessions it's clear that uh, and for a variety of reasons um, we, we have mutually agreed uh, to set a new course and uh, for the club um, to, to take on new leadership It's interesting listening to Pete Carroll speak with the media, and he mentioned the word mutual there. I don't think that this was not a mutual agreement. I think that there were some really hard discussions that happened behind the scenes, Rob, the last couple of days. But Carroll said on Monday when he met with his team for the last time this year, coming off that season-ending win over the Cardinals, that he had no idea that he was not going to be coaching this football team in 2024. And As he mentioned, word for word, he was competing hard to keep that coaching spot in 2024. So this does not feel like this is an instance where this is what Pete Carroll wanted at all. When he was saying earlier this week he still wanted to coach, that very much was the case. But Jody Allen and company had other thoughts, apparently. And 
all sides were able to reach the agreement that it's time to move forward with some new leadership. And so really it's something that we had talked about. In fact, off air after the show yesterday, I mentioned to you that I thought maybe there was a possibility with them moving his end of season press conference back a few days that maybe there's some big news coming, but there still was some shock today seeing that it truly was the case that Pete Carroll is out after 14 seasons. Yeah, and that's the thing, Corbin, is that I think that um, nobody is really stunned by this news because it had been speculated about for for so long. You know, it's for it's been years now where there has been the the Pete Carroll critics out there um, that have suggested that this day was coming, but the finality of it uh, to see Pete Carroll at the podium acknowledging that he is not going to be on the sidelines as head coach for the Seattle Seahawks in 2024 season, 20, 2024 season is, is still um, a bit of a shocker um, just because of the fact that he has been doing it for so long now, as you mentioned, 14 seasons and what I think is going to be a hall of fame NFL career. Um, and, and, and I think what it really comes down to, and you kind of mentioned this, is, is that I almost wonder if there were some conversations um, with the, the front office, with the ownership, um, that really kind of came down to some of the different moves that if Pete Carroll wanted to keep his job, then he would have to do. Perhaps that meant moving on from offensive or defensive coordinators. Perhaps it meant other positional coaches, maybe even moves with player personnel that Pete Carroll pushed back on. Um, you know, the fact that he still is going to be part of the franchise, I kind of get my wish. I, as I've said many times before, um, and I'm wearing the Super Bowl 48 shirt here, just kind of out of respect. For, for Pete Carroll. Um, I, I thought that he deserved to write his own ticket, that the fact that he was the most winningest head coach in Seahawks history, of course, um, you know, is one of only three head coaches along with Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer to win both a national title and a Super Bowl title. I really thought that he should get the respect that the Seahawks are giving him here by keeping him on board giving him kind of that that farewell tour in a way, and yet still just acknowledging the fact that it's 72 years old with the Seahawks, you know, clearly kind of, uh, I don't know want to say regressing, because the record, of course, in the regular season this season was the exact same as it was a year ago. But obviously not qualifying for the playoffs this year, and, and no real reason, at least anybody other than the very always optimistic Pete Carroll to suggest the Seahawks were going to become Super Bowl contenders this upcoming season, then I do think that this was a move that made sense. Um, the, the Seahawks do need to look for a, a reason for optimism, a reason for a, a bright future. And I think that it, it does, again, make sense to go look in a different direction at, at head coach. Now, it, it's obviously this is all uh, you know something that the Seahawks are going to have to do a terrific job of bringing in that new head coach. But I think that Pete Carroll's talent evaluation has proven itself over the years. And so I'm just fascinated about uh, the decision the Seahawks made here and who they're going to be bringing in to replace the legendary Pete Carroll. There's no question that this is a franchise-altering move here. When you move on from the most iconic coach, maybe the most iconic figure in Seahawks history. You make this decision that, as you and I have discussed the last couple of weeks, we wondered if this was time. You know, all great things come to an end at some point. And 
it did feel like this team had flatlined. No playoff win since 2019. Back-to-back nine and eight seasons. They didn't take that leap forward that everybody thought they were going to make this year. In fact, in some regards, it seems like they got worse as we kind of hit on with some of the numbers on yesterday's show. So at this point, I think John Schneider and the ownership group, I think everybody felt like unless Pete Carroll is willing to make some of the adaptations that we feel need to be made, and I threw it out there, I'm I'm not saying this as sourcing, but I believe there's a very strong possibility that they told him you need to hire a defensive coordinator, maybe even an offensive coordinator too, that's outside of the system that's got experience and bring in some proven ideas to try to get both these sides of the ball kickstarted in a year where there was just too much inconsistency on offense and the defense just flat out stunk for most of the second half. And I just don't know that Pete Carroll was prideful as he is in his defensive scheme. I don't know if that's something that he at all would have been on board with. So I got to wonder what was going on behind the scenes. Those are things that none of us are going to be privy to. Pete Carroll certainly was not willing to talk about specifics today when he was asked about it. No surprise there on that front. You want to keep those things behind closed doors. But this is now a critical juncture for this franchise. They have got to get this right. You cannot miss on this coach here. You've got two really good draft classes back-to-back years that are still in their rookie contracts for at least two more seasons. You need to find a coach that can come in and bring some extra jolt to this football team. And not that Pete Carroll didn't bring life. We know Pete Carroll was as enthusiastic and energized as any coach in the league, but something new. They need fresh blood there in the leadership, and that's what they're going to be aiming for. So this is critical. Don't rush hiring somebody. Make sure that you get this right. And keeping that in mind, we're going to be talking about candidates a lot here for the next several weeks until the Seahawks do make a hire for who their replacement for Pete Carroll is going to be. But we're going to take a first glance at some potential candidates who could be the new head coach for the Seattle Seahawks in 2024. And we're going to start on the offensive side, offensive-minded coaches. That'll be coming up next year on our Wednesday edition of Locked on Seahawks. This episode is brought your way by Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time together on this show, whether it's talking about wins, losses, who starts, who sits. We're thankful for that connection. Today, we want to have a chat about something a little more personal. Whether you're on extended travel, you're bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are going to be covered, my friend, because of our partners at Jace Medical. They offer life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications that can be ordered in a one-year supply. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use the promo code locked on at checkout for a discount as well. As one verified customer had to say about Jace, I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than the local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would love to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase. Welcome back to the Locked On. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined here on this major breaking news day by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to each and every one of the 12s out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week, sometimes multiple times a day. We greatly appreciate your support. 
Pete Carroll out as the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. I'm still having to catch myself when I'm saying this, even though, as I've said, I'm not surprised by it. It's still, as you said, the, the finality of it, knowing that this is really what's going on. Pete Carroll's had his exit press conference. There's no going back now. Pete Carroll is out as the head coach. And with that, the Seattle Seahawks will have their first new coach since Jim Mora Jr. was on the sidelines way back in 2009, one of the longest tenured coaches in the league now, moving to an advisory role. And with that, there comes a lot of intrigue. There comes excitement. There also, I'm sure plenty of fans are feeling this, there also is plenty of nerves because, as I mentioned a few moments ago, Rob, you have to get this hire right. When you move on from a coach like Pete Carroll, who's still got nine wins out of your football team last year, this wasn't a Tom Landry situation where he had like three straight years where you were really bad. This was still a competitive football team. You have to hit this higher out of the park. And so we're going to start taking a first glance at some candidates worth monitoring. And we're going to start on the offensive side of the football. And I know that this name is going to draw a lot of ire from some of our fans, some of our listeners. Some of our listeners are going to be really excited, though. I've seen a very mixed message on social media today when I've thrown out this name. But, Rob, I mean, we just saw Jim Harbaugh, the former nemesis in the NFC West. We just saw him win a national championship as his alma mater at Michigan. And I don't care what you think about Jim Harbaugh. Seahawks fans that have been clamoring for physicality, a return to great defense, and a great running game. Did you watch the Michigan Wolverines all season long? Did you watch what they did to Washington, the local team in the national title game, averaging over eight yards per carry on the ground? If you're wanting to check off those boxes for physicality, a great defense, and a great running game, I don't know that there's a better candidate out there than bringing Jim Harbaugh to the Pacific Northwest to have him beat the San Francisco 49ers twice a year. <laughs> no, not the way that you just described it, Corbin, you, you've basically convinced me. I mean, uh, you know, it, it sounds like something that's been written in a movie. You know, I mean, it, it would just be such a such a fun twist to see Jim Harbaugh return to the NFC West for the Seahawks after, of course, the, all those years of the, those incredible incredible matchups between Pete Carroll and Jim Harbaugh. Of course, Pete Carroll with the Seahawks, Jim Harbaugh with the San Francisco 49ers. As you mentioned, I mean, obviously Harbaugh has had a great deal of success with the Michigan Wolverines, including winning the, the latest national championship. Uh, he has led the Wolverines to the playoffs last couple of years in a row. The consistency speaks for itself. You go back to what he was able to do with the 49ers, what he was able to do uh, in the University of San San Diego for crying out loud. I mean, the man can flat out coach. And as you said, if you want to return to old school, kind of physical, aggressive football, both on the offensive and defensive sides of the football, then yeah, it makes an awful lot of sense to bring Jim Harbaugh back. I think that the, the Seahawks are, are doing themselves a, a disservice if they don't at least make some venture into, uh, you know, asking about Jim Harbaugh, whether he has some um, interest in coming to Seattle. I mean, the man, again, is a terrific football coach. Now, there is going to be all kinds of, of questions about whether he would fit in with Pete Carroll still being on the roster or still being a, as part of the organization. John Schneider, of course, presumably a, as the general manager, whether that would be a personality conflict or not. Do the Seahawks actually have the, the players that are going to fit in with what Jim Harbaugh is looking to do? Does Michigan Wolverines, how willing are they 
going to go in terms of paying Jim Harbor to keep him in Ann Arbor? There's a million different questions out there. But yes, I 100% agree with you. If the Seahawks are going to venture out of the current NFL, Jim Harbaugh has to be among the very first men that you call. Now, if you're going to stick with the NFL, we know the trend, Rob. We've talked about this. Everybody wants that hot, young offensive coordinator, that offensive mind that can come in and take your offense to the next level. They're looking for that next Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan, somebody that has been a successful coordinator and can take the reins, the head coach, and inject that life into your offense. And I think there are some fun candidates out there to consider. The first one that I'm going to throw out there, he's getting ready to coach for the Detroit Lions in the postseason. The Seahawks know him well from their offense, the Lions, putting up a lot of points against the Seahawks, even though they lost both the games the last two years. Ben Johnson is one of those hot names out there. And one of the things that I really like about Ben Johnson, Rob, is we just talked about the running game. Detroit runs the football as well as anybody in the NFL, and they run a very diverse scheme. They mix in multiple backs, and they do an excellent job of showcasing all those backs, accentuating to their strengths. And look what he has done with Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff and Geno Smith have quite a few similarities in the way that they play the game. So you can't tell me that Geno Smith would not thrive in that style of offense with the structure they have. And so I'm intrigued, but I also think anytime you're talking about somebody that hasn't been a head coach, there's always that, but he doesn't have the experience factor. That is always a little more risky in my opinion. No, it certainly is, but there's a lot of appeal to him as well. I mean, this is a very young coach. He's 37 years old at this point. Um, As you mentioned, he's had a great deal of success with the Detroit Lions with an offense that is multiple, that is physical. Um, He comes from the Lions after having a great deal of success previously with the Miami Dolphins, who, of course, are having their share of success uh, on the offensive side of the ball especially. Um, So I I do think that this would be an interesting play. interesting coach to to bring in to have a conversation with but i think that you're going to have an awful lot of competition here much like harbaugh just because of the fact that uh again he is perceived to be one of the best brightest young minds in all of the nfl a few other names that i think are at least worth referencing today and there's going to be other coaches that we discuss here there may be some guys that aren't on our list that get interview requests from the Seahawks, and they end up meeting with them. We can discuss that as we go. There's a lot of names out there, but Eric Bieniemy in Washington, he made Sam Howell look really good for a large portion of the season, even though the uh, commanders didn't win many games this year. He did a solid job away from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I think this may be his best chance yet to get a head coaching opportunity. And then you've got Dave Canales. Talk about somebody that's coached for Pete Carroll, Look what he did with Baker Mayfield this year. Over 4,000 passing yards, over 20 touchdowns, and single-digit interceptions with Baker Mayfield. He really took his game to the next level. The Buccaneers are in the playoffs as a result of it. Look what he did with Geno two years ago. I know fans want new people in, but Dave Canales is a different style coach, and he is that up-and-coming young offensive-minded coach. So that one could make sense. And of course, Bobby Slowick in Houston, what he's done and now getting CJ Stroud, that certainly helps. He's been outstanding as a rookie, but CJ Stroud's also benefited from Slowick being a really good coach. And oh, by the way, he's from Kyle Shanahan's tree. So if you're looking for that hot coach that is up and coming, that has that background, Bobby Slowick fits the bill as well. 
No, he really does. I mean, not only Kyle Shanahan uh, coaching tree, Mike Shanahan uh, previously in Washington, go years back. Um, you know, that's the thing. Bobby Slope, even though he's only 36 years old, he has been around for a while coaching um, with a lot of different, uh, very successful head coaches throughout the NFL. You mentioned the uh, just how effective that he was this past season with the Houston Texans. Um, you know, it's very, very rare that you start a rookie quarterback all season long and you win the division as the Houston Texans did. Tip of the cap to the Houston Texans, what they were able to do. And so Bobby Sloak is absolutely one of those coaches. Again, he's only, what, 36 years old. Um, but he's you know, kind of seasoned for that age. Exactly. So he deserves an awful lot of credit. I, I love the fact that you mentioned David Canales as well, though. I mean, uh, obviously an opportunity to come back to Seattle, that would be really intriguing. Again, Pete Carroll is still going to be in the building, and and he knows Canales well. And uh, the, the fact that Gino Smith had his greatest success two years ago with Canales and Baker Mayfield this past season, 28 touchdowns, single digit interceptions, you know, the best statistical season of Baker Mayfield's career. I mean, he was basically off the scrap heap, just like Geno Smith was. So that's super intriguing as well for a team, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers that a lot of people were sleeping on all season long, but because the quarterback played as well as he did, then they got themselves right back into the, you know, into contention. And so again, Again, I think the Canales and a possible return to Seattle. Everybody's going to be focusing on a, another name on the defensive side of the ball as a possible reunion in Seattle. I think the Canales is another intriguing name to keep in mind as well. When we return, we are going to take a look at some defensive-minded coaches. And uh, there's a lot more experience on this list, I assure you. We're going to be looking at some defensive coaches that could be candidates to replace Pete Carroll. Stay on that side of the ball. We'll have to wait and see. That'll be coming up next year on our Wednesday edition of Locked On Seahawks. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Life can be full of twists and turns and throw a few wrenches at you at unexpected times. So it's important to lead yourself through it all and put a focus on your mental health. BetterHelp Online Therapy helps you assess your needs and they match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They do so in less than 48 hours. Therapy worked wonders for me over the past year when I was dealing with my wife's health struggles. Don't just take my word for it, though. Having someone in your corner to guide you when you're struggling to navigate obstacles can be invaluable. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online and available to people worldwide. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you. And BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. Right now, BetterHelp has a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Locked on Seahawks. This is your host, Corbin Smith, joined as always by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to each and every one of the 12s out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week, either during the season or in the offseason as we now find ourselves in. There's plenty to talk about right now, Rob. Pete Carroll out as head coach of the Seahawks after 14 seasons. We're diving into some potential candidates here, some Quick glances at some coaches who could be candidates to replace Pete Carroll. We just were on the offensive side of the football looking at everybody from Jim Harbaugh, the former NFC West nemesis of Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, to Bobby, Bobby Slowick, the young and rising offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. 
But the Seahawks are a defensive-minded organization. At least they have been for quite some time. Jim Mora Jr., even the year he was here, that's a defensive-minded coach. Pete Carroll all these years. You have to believe that they're going to be taking a look at some defensive-minded coaches. And, of course, the front-runner for the Seahawks right now, and this would probably be the coach that I think has the best chance to get this position. I have to believe Dan Quinn did not interview or take any head coaching positions last year because he thought there was a chance that this job might come open in the near future. And he was the defensive coordinator for Pete Carroll when they won the Super Bowl and when they made it back the year after Dan Quinn was the coordinator both those years. So it would make some sense. I know that some fans think that that's too repetitive, that you're sticking with status quo, but Quinn's coached in Atlanta and now he's been on the Cowboys staff under Mike McCarthy. He's gotten some different perspectives I don't think that's necessarily the right way to view him as a candidate. This guy has been now with different organizations, and I wouldn't just view him as a Pete Carroll yes-man at this point. No, I certainly would not either. Uh, I think that if the Seahawks are able to get Dan Quinn uh, to return a, as head coach, I think that's a kind of an ideal scenario. Frankly, I, I think that's one of the reasons why the Seahawks ultimately decided to, to make the move that they did today. Um, you know, Wednesday, January 10th, again, as, as, uh, as everybody knows at this point, the Seahawks are moving on from Pete Carroll. I don't think that it is any uh, coincidence that this does feel like the season in which Dan Quinn is going to get his second opportunity to be an NFL head coach. And I think it's it's worth reminding folks that Pete Carroll, of course, coached twice in the NFL before he had all of his success here with the Seahawks, previously at the Jets, previously at the Patriots. The Bill Belichick, of course, everybody knows what a legend he is and all of his success that he had at the New England Patriots after previously struggling as head coach of the Cleveland Browns. So this idea that uh, an NFL head coach on his second tour as a head coach is a retread or is a, you know, acknowledging um, that that uh, you know they had not been successful in the past. I think it's a learning opportunity. It's something that a coach like Pete Carroll, I think, would would recognize. And of course, the experience that he has working with Dan Quinn, I think, would only be an advantage. The same thing with John Schneider and the scouting staff being very familiar with Dan Quinn as well. Um, the fact that Quinn's experience comes as head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, obviously in the NFC, went to the Super Bowl, and then now with the da Dallas Cowboys again in the NFC. I think that only helps his case for a possible reunion here with the Seahawks. He would certainly be my very first call if I was uh, you know, working with the Seahawks and advising Jody Allen or, or John Schneider or whoever the case might be to uh, be exploring these options. But he isn't the only one. As, as great of a respect as I have for Dan Quinn, I think that there's a lot of other defensive-minded head coaches out there, including one, for example, Steve Wilkes here, um, just with the, uh, with the San Francisco 49 to me is one of the guys that that makes an awful lot of sense um you know i mean this is the defensive coordinator that uh you know for the 49ers right now if you are going to steal from an nfc power like the dallas cowboys and the aforementioned dan quinn why not steal from an nfc west power like the san francisco 49ers previous arizona cardinals head coach was the interim head coach of carolina as well 
a lot of the argument that you can make for Dan Quinn, you also can make for Steve Wilkes. Again, 50 years old for, for Steve Wilkes or 54. Dan Quinn, roughly around the same age. I like that, uh, that uh, strategy from a Seahawks perspective. I'm glad you mentioned Wilkes because I look at his coaching track record. The one year he had in Arizona, he was trying to win games with Josh Rosen. We saw what happened with Josh Rosen. I think he's been on 11 teams since then, and now he's out of the league. It just didn't work out. And so he was put in a difficult situation in Arizona. They had lost a lot of players from the Bruce Arians era as well. So that was a team that was in upheaval, and he was put in a tough spot. And then look at what happened to the Carolina Panthers this year. They almost made the playoffs last year when Steve Wilkes became the interim coach. So I think he is a really good coach that has learned from his experiences. And as you mentioned, the chance to take away from San Francisco, you'd have a head coach that now knows the 49ers offense inside now because he's been on that staff. And so I think there's a lot of benefits to that. I think the big difference here, when you're looking at offensive coaches versus defensive coaches, a lot of your up and coming offensive coaches are in that mid-30s to early 40s range. It's those young guns. I think on defense, what you'll see is a lot of guys that have been around the block a few times. And so I'm going to throw the name Brian Flores out there, who had some success with the Miami Dolphins, and then he decided to move on from him, even though he had a couple really good seasons there. And I think he was trending that organization in the right direction. I think he did a fine job with the Minnesota Vikings this year as their defensive coordinator. I think he's an incredibly sound football mind. I think he's a great leader of men. So he and Steve Wilkes could both fit that. And if you're looking for somebody that hasn't been a head coach, anytime you can get an assistant from the Baltimore Ravens, I feel pretty good about it because of the organization there. But Mike McDonald, what a path he's had. He was on Jim Harbaugh's staff at Michigan, and now he's coaching one of the best defenses in the NFL in Baltimore. He's a younger coach. I could see Mike McDonald being one of those first-time head coaches on the defensive side of the ball that would make a lot of sense. And he's coming from a really stable organization that knows how to get things done and win year in, year out. You bring in somebody like that with a culture that's already set by Pete Carroll and company. I could see that being a home run for the Seahawks. No, I, I could as well. I, you know, frankly, I'm, I'm a fan of if any coach who has any experience where the the calling card of their respective unit is physicality, because that is to me it remains one of the um, the real weaknesses uh, of what we saw from the Seahawks here these last couple of seasons. Those of you who are watching on YouTube, and as Corbin often says, thank you so much for all of you watching and listening. You'll also see the name Mike Vrabel there, and now I, I do think that Mike Vrabel, of course. He was recently with the Tennessee Titans and fired in a in a move that a lot of people were surprised by. I was surprised as well. I think that he's a terrific head coach. I don't know there's enough familiarity between what the Seahawks do and with Mike Vrabel. Now, if John Schneider, Jody Allen, again, the other decision makers in the Seattle's front office feel that uh, that he might be a good fit. I mean, this is a guy who was with Ohio State, who was with the uh, the New England Patriots, the Tennessee Titans. That's a lot of folks that are much more in the eastern side of the country. Again, I don't know if there's going to be that familiarity, but I absolutely believe that Mike Vrabel is a terrific head coach and that has have, obviously have have a defensive background that you might be willing to look at as well. And just because we're talking about a couple of guys here, um, I would be surprised if it winds up being a Mike Grable, for example. So if I'm going to throw out a couple of wild card names, I, I would throw out two. If the Seahawks are willing to go, say, with the NFC North, NFC South 
excuse me, AFC North, AFC South kind of a, of a perspective. Uh, again, going from a whole different part of the country. If you're going to look at a Mike Vrabel, then why not call up the Pittsburgh Steelers and say, hey, if we have to pull off a trade to perhaps get a Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll has been effusive in his praise of Mike Tomlin. I am a huge Mike Tomlin fan. If it costs the number 16 overall selection in the 2024 draft to get Mike Tomlin as head coach, sayonara number 16 in my opinion because i think Ooh. that mike tomlin is that damn good of a head coach and talk about the physicality again that's why i think that the seahawks need to consider i'll throw mitchell one other wild card out there just because i think that he is a fantastic coach at the collegiate side does have some nfl experience Former Stanford head coach David Shaw is just kind of laying out there in the weeds. I don't know if he has any interest in coaching again. You mentioned the fact that Alabama's Nick Saban just retired. I don't know. I, I would at least make those kind of conversations. As we said, Corbin, it was we're going to be kind of trying to talk about over and over again. This is a decision that the Seahawks can't just go with just a guy. They have to get the guy if they really are going to want to turn around this franchise. I think that you look at the Seahawks roster, the way it's constructed, it is not able right now to compete with the 49ers, compete with the LA Rams. The fact they were 0-4 against them could have been uh, one and one, you know, easily against the Arizona Cardinals, been dead last really when it came down to the conference stand, the, the NFC West divisional standings. So I think the Seahawks have to look at this as this is their opportunity really to get that jump start back uh, on the path to success. And so whoever they hire as head coach, don't go with the easy, obvious candidate, cast that wide net. Um, to make sure that whoever you get is the one that's going to lead you back to wearing another shirt like this that uh, acknowledges a Super Bowl victory. Well, I agree with you that you should cast a wide net. I will disagree with you on giving up number 16. I like Mike Tomlin, but no way I'm doing that, with, especially without a second-round pick. But it, these are ideas worth throwing out there. I mean, the Seahawks, as you said, whatever they do, they've got to get this right. They've got to get the right candidate. And we're going to have a lot more time here on the podcast and upcoming episodes to dive deeper into a number of these candidates that may make sense to replace Pete Carroll. As always, you can follow me on X and Threads at Corbin Smith NFL, and you can follow Rob at Rob Rang. Subscribe and follow Locked on Seahawks on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. Coming up tomorrow, going to continue diving into this new coaching carousel for the Seahawks, looking at some coaches outside of Seattle that may make sense and some that have a background under Pete Carroll, which ones could make sense as well. Going to continue diving in. Make sure that you're listening in on our Thursday episode. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Go Hawks.